Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAIF Ball Podcast, powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, NAI football fans, we are back for another edition of the NAIF Ball Podcast. Well, I have no John this week, but I had this lovely static photo of, of Tim Roberts, who is joining me. Uh, Tim is part of the amazing broadcast crew over at Southwest Assemblies of God University in Waxahachie, Texas. Had to make sure I, I, I put the correct twang in there. Uh, Tim, how you doing tonight? Doing great, doing great. You know, yeah, around here in North Texas, we're at like a 50-day streak of 100-day temperatures, 100-temperature days. So it's nice to talk some college football and just pretend it's fall for a second. Is it a dry? Uh, is is it a dry heat? It it is actually been an enormously okay. dry heat. Uh, I, I think half of the state is on fire right now. Oh dear, <laughs> that's not as good. I can look back back about a month ago. We had a week where we were at about 110 degrees, um, and the week before was like 100 degrees uh, down here in North Florida. And you know, I, I went outside and I just went, huh. I could deal with this. The next week when it was, you know, 90 some odd degrees with 70% humidity, I went, mm, not so, not so good. Yeah. When we have to swim through it, that, that's yeah. usually more Houston, luckily. Yeah. We sometimes don't deal with it as much of it here, but yeah, that's, uh, that is so much more miserable. And people like in Arizona don't believe you. They go, ah, they don't believe you until they come to the Southeast somewhere or, you know, Texas and go, okay. That makes a difference. That temperature index, heat index meter makes a difference. It really does. Now, now Tim and the folks over at, at Segu, I am always making a, a case for them to produce the national championship game. Guys, if, if y'all have an off week, a bye week this week during the season, go tune in to Segu's YouTube channel for their football. It's going to be one of the finest productions you're going to find at this level, if not the finest that you're going to find at this level. They, actually, they have a broadcast duo. They do a pregame show. They get on guests. I mean, it's the whole nine yards. They do a fantastic job. And so when we're talking the sooner, I'm going to get Tim or someone else from, from Sagu on to help us break this down. Now, Starting from the bottom, we have two teams where they are sort of semi-sooner in North American University and Arkansas Baptist. Tim, t- tell me a bit about what's going on with those two schools. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much in the dark on North American University. They're not even on SAGU's schedule this year. Uh, so they're really starting to just kind of cro- encroach in, obviously, sooner, really wanting to expand out. They want to get all those teams in. Uh, so they, this is just their first year dipping their toe in the water. Arkansas Baptist uh, had their first probationary year last year. And, you know, it's going to be tough sledding for that team. Uh, they, they took a lot of, lot of whippings, a lot of beatings. 
But you can, you know, talking about the Sagu Sports Network uh, YouTube channel, you can go back to, I believe it was our homecoming game. Mm -hmm. And that game, if I recall, was tied at halftime. And both Adam and I were remarking that this does not look like a team on a probationary year. They've got a lot of skill. They've got a lot of raw talent. And in the end, I think Sagu still pulled away and won by probably 30 points. But that's just what happens with young, inexperienced teams. They wear out. So Arkansas Baptist back for their second year, probably right on the doorstep of becoming an official member. Uh, but, yeah, we've seen them in North American, two probationary men members, uh, just hoping to keep growing the conference out. The, the bad thing is that when you talk about those two, you're also about to lose Lion to, I think, D3. So you, you take two steps forward, you take one step back. I know probably the, the Sooner as a whole is looking to kind of go that same route as the KCAC did, where once you get to 12 teams, now you get two auto bids if you can keep two teams in the top 20. And that's, that's really where I think the Sooner probably wants to head. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been a, a really great growth process to have watched it grow from the old Central States Football League back when there was only six teams. I, I think one year due to some issues, we only had four teams in that conference. That might have been like 2011 wow. or something, 2009. It all runs together when you've been around for this long. Uh, but it's actually been, it's been great to see the Sooner continue growing, and I'm sure that is the strategy. Get to that 12, uh, you know, actually have a true big 12 right. in, uh, in, in Texas and Oklahoma. And, and lock in those bids because that's what this conference is all about, wanting to represent in the playoffs. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more, uh, breaking down that last door. Uh, but this, this is a conference that, you know, I don't think they're making any claims about who they are yet, but they want to earn that respect across the NAIA as a top-tier conference. And, and honestly, you know, that, that makes it hard once you get so many teams that are doing auto bids, and so you just got to have a couple teams that, that are going to make it uh, into that top 20 and really make that push. Uh, looking at North American University, they're, of the two, that's the only schedule I can find. I do not see a single um, NAI, no, wait, one NAI school. The other newcomer, Louisiana College, on August the 28th, they actually have a game on August 20th against Hardin-Simmons, but... So, man, that's, that's in 16 days. That's an early start. I remember one Holy year Sagu opened up against Evangel on, like, August 15th or <clears> something. And it, as much as I want football back, that felt too soon. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as we're recording this, the Hall of Fame game is on tonight, so. It's true. So, it's, true, it, it, it's a good taste. It's not real. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fake. It's fake football. Oh, man. So. We go from North American and Arkansas Baptist, and we go to the bottom of the conference. That would be Texas College. They got a new head coach in, in Jarrell Jackson. They, they were not good offensively. There is nowhere to go but up for Texas College. The entire team had 1,740 total offensive yards a year ago. No quarterback threw for over 200 yards. No, no running back rushed for over 200 yards. They had a decent defense. They were seventh in the conference defensively, but that offense was just... That's, 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 you can't do much with three yards per play. 
yeah, that's not even averaging a first down. When you can't right. even average a first down on every three plays, uh, that just yeah, it was it was tough to watch. Uh, you know, I, I looked it up. Uh, Texas College hasn't had a season with two wins since 2015, so it's been a program in a kind of a tough place. Uh, I, I'll say every time those guys get off the bus from Tyler, uh, they bust some heads and they fight as hard as they can. Uh, but but he definitely did not have the offensive attack and in a conference like the Sooner where you've got teams who are putting up 50, 60 points a week, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that feels like you've uh, blasted back to like 1912 Yale football all of a sudden, watching three yards of play. Now, they do start at Arkansas Baptist. I mean, look, if you can, if you can go to Little Rock and get, get a win off of an Arkansas Baptist team who was getting their heads knocked in by some, by some good teams last year, you might be able to do it, but... This is also a team that against Langston had, I want to say, negative 30-some-odd yards of offense in the game. Yeah. I, was, that, was that the game that was 80 to eighty points Langston scored, I believe it was? It might have been the 80-burger. There was an 80-burger at some point last year. I will go look because uh, I happen to have <laughs> it up. Let me see. I, no, that was 44 to 6. Okay, okay, so just 44. 44-6. Langston, let's see, Texas College had 69 passing yards, nice, and negative 100 rushing yards on 31 attempts. I'm assuming some of that is sacks that probably gets factored in Yeah, there's there's eight uh, eight attempts on the quarterback, uh, Jerry McConaughey, uh, and his long was five, so that's at least... Yeah, no, actually, gee whiz. Okay, there was only three sacks. Three sacks. I might have to go pull the footage of that one. I kind of want to see how what the game plan was in that situation. Me and you both. Oh, my stars. I didn't even see that sack number when I was pulling. I didn't look at the sack number when I was pulling that. It was only for 31 yards. So of the negative 100 yards rushing, only 31 of those were sacks, so that's what, 69, negative 69 yards? That's not nice. Of, <laughs> of non-sack rushing yardage, that's, boy, if you're Texas College, you, you got you to gotta recruit up front. That's, that's, not, that's not okay. That's just running straight into the teeth of it right there, <laughs> over and over again. Maybe it'll work this time. No, let's try it again. So, but as Yikes. you said, nowhere to go. But I, I don't think it's possible in a modern football setting to average less than three yards a play. Yeah. So I'd have to imagine that there's going to be at, at least status quo or maybe a little. That opening game will be actually pretty telling, honestly, especially yeah. if Arkansas Baptist is wanting to earn their way into the conference as an official member. Uh, if, you, if you're able to say, hey, I beat the guy that's already in your conference pretty soundly, that's a great case to be made. And, that's something that Texas College does not want to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So moving east here to uh, one of the two now Arkansas members, the short-timers of the Sooner, the Lions-Scots, starting their season on August 27th with the return trip from MOBAP. Uh, who they started off with with last year. Lion 
was um, ninth across the board last year. Ninth offensively with 4.24 yards per play, which in, in other conferences might be much higher than ninth. But defensively, you're almost giving up seven yards per play, and that's good for two and three quarters yards in the red every time you snap the ball. So Lion is a really young team, but how much, man, what's, I, I almost wonder what the mindset of this team is like, knowing that you've got D3 in your almost immediate future. Yeah, I think it's about, you know, well, this is a team that grew pretty fast. They, I believe they were, they were winless back in 2015. Then they peaked in 2019 at seven and three. Uh, Isaiah Bradford, who I believe is still going to be their quarterback this year, had a good year that year, 220, 212 yards per game and a good touchdown interception ratio of 22 to 6. Uh, and it's just kind of all come up, up, apart since then. Uh, no one has to explain why 2020 messed up a lot of teams. Uh, but it, it did not go well for them in 2020 in the abbreviated season. And then last year was a big downturn. Isaiah Bradford was averaging just over 100 yards a game passing, I believe. And so I do believe he's back for one last year. So if they can recapture some of that 2019 magic, that mojo with Isaiah, uh, they can they can close their chapter in the Sooner a little bit positively. Uh, and yeah, we always talk about you know the direct comparisons between NAIA and D3 and how you know who 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 would win on this level or that level. And you know I think the NAIA has a, has a pretty solid record against the D3 when we see it, and especially in the Sooner. Uh, so. You definitely don't want to go out into the D3 as a uh, as a bottom tier team from your own conference. You want to make some sort of statement. Uh, you know, the uh, the calls across the across the lawn. You know, when when you switch leagues, when you switch entire leagues, could could be a little catty if uh, if you leave on bad on not not with your record not so hot and then uh, lose those cross divisional matches again. Yeah, so we'll have to see for Lions, see if that young squad can take a step forward there. It, it starts fast. I mean, you got MOBAP, Ottawa, Arizona, and Wayland are your first three games. If if you can if if you can beat Wayland and then Oklahoma Panhandle State maybe the next week, I mean, that's that's a good that's a good start to your season um, where it only gets harder you- from there. Yeah, those are two winnable games uh, against uh, OPSU and Wayland. Um, I didn't check. Are those both on the road, though? One is one. Uh, the Wayland game is in Plainview, but the OPSU game is at Batesville. Okay. Yeah. So the, that makes a difference when you're yeah. playing OPSU and Wayland. It makes a difference whether you're going on the road or not, because those are tough places to go in and play. So we'll we'll see there. The other team that that. Is, is kind of in the bottom portion, is going to be Wayland Baptist. We just finished talking about them. Kind of the, the bottom three in net yards per play were right there around the, the 2.75, 2.5 to 2.75 uh, negative yards per play. And so all three of these teams, whether it be Texas College, whether it be Lyon, maybe, wait, uh, whether it be Wayland, are all kind of close there. Now, Wayland did not have a good defense bottom feeders there in the Sooner. Their offense was a little bit better at almost four and a half yards per play, but they do return a lot. 
And who knows? Maybe this is the year that Waylon goes from the bottom of the Sooner kind of to the middle of the Sooner. Talk to me uh, about the uh, folks from Wayland Baptist. Yeah, the, the pioneers. Thank you. Uh, well, uh, Nick, Nick Quintero returns as their quarterback, and he's he's been solid. He's a, he's kind of a, a, a versatile dual threat. Uh, obviously, hasn't translated into a lot of wins. Uh, but as, as I said, I mentioned a minute ago, going and playing at tough places, I respect everybody who plays out at Wayland. Uh, if you don't know where Plainview, Texas is, which most people wouldn't, it's smack dab in the middle between Amarillo and Lubbock, which is also what we call nowhere. And they, they, they play out in dust bowls and, and desert, and they, they play hard. Uh, and Wayland Baptist is a, is a great university. It's a great sports university. Uh, if you know, you know basketball, especially women's basketball, a very storied women's basketball history. So I, always, I sometimes look at the broader picture of where of, well, of the university themselves, and that's a very heavily focused athletic university. Uh, so I do think it's only a matter of time before the Wayland football team really starts to click and then find their way up. Whether it's going to be this year or not, it, it may take you know they, they, they take a new crop in. Uh, you got a lot of good returning guys, which can be helpful in a conference that we'll mention in a minute. A lot of teams are starting pretty fresh this year. A lot of top contenders are starting yeah. pretty fresh. Uh, and so, so maybe you, you land the right week and somebody who we thought was going to be really good uh, isn't going to be nearly as good because they don't have what you thought they had. And having that returning running back, that returning quarterback, uh, you know, most of their wide receivers and defense returning really a, a lot of going to have a lot of upperclassmen that experience might pay off uh, as the season drags along. They do get off to an interesting start there. They play Harden-Simmons at home and Lyon at home as their first couple games. Then they travel to Langston. They play Texas College. It's possible that you could be 3-1 and one trotting into October. Uh, and, and then you host Texas West in Plainview. And you're feeling real good about yourself. And it's all about building a little bit of momentum. Yeah, that start to the season can be very huge. Yeah, the difference between starting 0 and 2 and 2 and 0 uh, can, especially with you know veteran guys, that can change the feeling when there's not much college football left in your career, and you you start and say, hey, something special is going on. You give that little extra ounce, and yeah, getting the advantage of playing a top tier contenders at home, like you know, not having to travel to Fort Worth, but bringing Texas Wesleyan out to the Panhandle, uh, that that can make a pretty big difference. So. The, they're definitely in that bottom tier, as we talked about, but I do believe they're one of the closest to potentially breaking out of it. That's, that's kind of been our, our, one of our big questions that we've asked about each of the bottom tier. Who is the most likely to make the jump? Maybe not jump all the way out of the bottom to the top, but to surprise people out of the bottom. And, and I, think, I think I agree with you there that Waylon is the most likely to, to put it together and. Uh, jump into the the mid tier of the sooner. Moving on into that middle tier, we start with a team that inconsistent. I think is the best way to talk about LCU Louisiana Christian. They go through a, a rebrand of the name. Uh, I can't remember what it was last year, 
It was just Louisiana College. Was it Louis- It was. So, so they added the Christian. The, the acronym stays the same. It's still LCU, but now it's Louisiana Christian University. So, so there's you, no need to update the acronyms. Right, exactly. So, you know, they, they play a home game last year uh, at home against North American University, lose by, lose by a point. Then you come back and lose by seven to Sagu. But then later on in the year, you sit here and you give Langston a 31 to 24 game that they win that just throws the Sooner at that point into a little bit of of chaos. Langston had Langston Langston had that uh, conference on on a platter at that point. We, we had almost, we basically called it at our last pregame show. We had said, well, Langston's 6-0 and now. They've borderline, I, I think I said, they're 99% clinched. They've 99% clinched the conference. And then the Wildcats go out there and stun them. Mm-hmm. And as you're probably about to mention, turn right back around a week later and lose to Lyon. Right. So when I say inconsistent, that is, that is not an overstatement by, by any means. Uh, they did get four wins on on the season, barely turned a negative net yards per play because their offense was not bad at almost five and a half yards per play. And they do return their, their quarterback, their running backs. The problem is going to be who's the quarterback going to throw to because they only bring back a few of their wide receivers. But they do return their lone all sooner pick in Demario Weathersby with 83 tackles, two tackles for a loss, and a pick last year. Could we see LCU make life difficult for the top contenders this year? I mean, just the fear of knowing that they're out there. I mean, again, the fear of knowing that they were a touchdown away from upsetting Sagu, that they upended the entire conference tournament uh, race the conference uh, championship race that is uh yeah like i said inconsistent doesn't begin to describe it usually you mean uh they're a little bit good this week a little bit bad this week we're talking ended teams playoff hopes in both sagu and texas wesleyan really i mean sagu came so close to ending any chance they had of going on to the one postseason game they played in to losing to to lion a team we just talked about who was like well they're bottom tier and they're going to stay there so yeah the there's going to be a lot of turnover, and I don't know if that's a bad thing. I don't know if that's a total bad thing to, to say, okay, let's bring back the stuff that, that worked for us and that, you know, bringing back your quarterback when you had a pretty solid, uh, you know, offensive game plan going. I don't think that's too bad of a thing. Uh, but, yeah, I, I dread having to pick those games this year in our pregame show because mm-hmm. every time I see uh, Louisiana Christian, I'm going to be going, oh, who's – Give me a second. Let me call him and ask who's showing up today. Do we have Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde starting today? <laughs> Alabama or Alabama State? Which one? <laughs> right. Well, you, you man, you're, you're going to get them early this year, September 3rd. They uh, visit Waxahachie. And you're going to get to see them before they go and play Stetson at DeLand, which that's going to be a fun game. Stetson, the Pioneer team, so non-scholarship. FCS football there. So that's that's always an opportunity for an NAIA team to get a win. Yeah. If anytime you can get one of those cross, we talk about all the time, cross-divisional mm-hmm. wins, uh, get, get your name out there, uh, no matter who it's against. 
flex that NAIA muscle. So moving up from there, you've got OPSU, I think possibly the longest named university in the NAIA, Oklahoma Panhandle State University. So we just shortened it to, uh, to, to OPSU. Now, OPSU's calling card last year was defense in a conference where there wasn't a whole lot of it. Their 4.88 defensive yards per play was good for second in the conference, but their offense at only 5.1 yards per play offensively leaves them with a barely positive net yardage, and they do lose both of their all-sooner picks this year. Daquan Charles, who had two forced fumbles and three picks, along with 10.5 tackles for loss, and Warren Dillon, who had two pass breakups and 52 tackles from his defensive back position. You don't. You only return about half of that defense. You return most of your, your offense that was seventh from last year, but you don't return a whole lot off of that defense, and that could be cause for concern for OPSU. It definitely is. We talked, you know, talked about a lot of the, you know, it's just the nature of college football, how much turnover you're going to have. Uh, and they, they were a fierce defensive team. Uh, a, lot, a lot of times the score would be deceptive of how good the defense had been all day. Uh, I, I know Sagu went into a goodwill, goodwill and, run, and won last year, but I feel like watching that game, Sagu put on a, a lot more points than they did yards. It's just because the offense had turnover situations like that. And, you know, it's a whole a, a, entire program hit its high watermark in 2017 with seven wins. And they were a fierce team at that time. And it really felt like they were going to be a top tier team in the Sooner for a while. It just hasn't been able to really put it together. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see if they can rebuild that defense. Another place again, Goodwell, Oklahoma. Uh, if you ever get to watch one of their broadcasts, do it because it just it looks like it looks like you're on the set of Oklahoma. Just open <laughs> plane, just that's where you're playing. It's magnificent, uh, but it is you know it's it's going to be a it's going to be a hard hard work to get back to there because uh, if your offense stays where it is, you know you're the only team who had a losing record and as you put together on the stats, a positive yards per play. If you lose any step on the defense and your offense stays the same, you're not even going to be 4-7 and seven this year. You're going to take a step backwards. They do start off the season early uh, with, a, with a game against Friends, and now that's really interesting. That is going to be, I don't, I'm, I'm sure they probably made that before Friends turned over their head coach, but that you, you don't have any flexbone teams in the Sooner, I don't think, do you? Ah, uh, No. So you're going to get a heavy dose of triple option, get your knees cut uh, with, with friends, and then you're going to turn around the next week and play the Battle of the Bell at Langston. That's going to be, that's going to be tough for OPSU. And then that, the, end, the end of the season is just a murderer's row in the Sooner where you go to Sagu, to Arizona Christian with, with a bye week in between, but, but still. And then you host Ottawa, Arizona. That's that's toughy right there for OPSU. Yeah, if if you're not already at your four win mark going into those last three weeks that you were last year, it means you're probably going to take a step back. Yeah, exactly. That's 
that will be a game to watch there. Uh, OPSU versus Friends. I, I want to see what Friends looks like with the new coaching staff. And I think OPSU is going to be a, a decent one to, to have kind of that uh, to, to go up against there. So kind of the last, in the last or second to last, team in kind of this section here, um, I'll call it second to last, is, is Texas Wesley. And I've heard y'all talk about Tex West just all the time in terms of when are these guys going to break out? Because it's going to be soon. Last year they were good offensively with 6.36 yards per play, but their defense was a little bit lower with 5.85. They do return some nice pieces, whether it be Clint Epperson at running back, Collier Ricks at wide receiver, A.J. Bob, who had both a kick return and a punt return touchdown, Charlie Simmons at tight end, uh, Michael Bonner at offensive line, uh, and I would be totally remiss if I did not mention their punter, Danny Trejo. <laughs> I, I I try to avoid any puns when he's punting, but it's hard. It, it takes self-control to, to work in some puns. You, you really uh, want the Spy Kids reference, I bet. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah he, he just chopped that punt like a machete, I tell you. It's brilliant. Oh my gosh! And he kicks in putts. Uh, I mean, you. I mean, I, I couldn't. I, I don't know that I could help myself. So, um, talk to me about Texas Wesleyan. It's it's a team that you know the uh, before last year was kind of on the struggle bus, but now we're starting to see them kind of turn it on a little bit. What's what's changed for Tex West? Well, I mean, I think what was it? I think. 2016 or 2017 was their first season, uh, bringing football back in like first time since like the 1940s. And I know everybody at Saga Sports Network, when they started that football program up, we hit a countdown clock, like the one they have in Pacific Rim, that was just counting down until the moment that they became a juggernaut, because that's just what Texas Wesleyan does in Fort Worth. They build that sports juggernauts. Are you asking when they're going to break through? The pollsters think it's this year. Uh, they were picked second in the preseason poll, uh, second in the student athletic conference, uh, some first place uh, votes, uh, bringing back all those excellent guys, including quarterback Dalton Dale, who just, when you see this guy play, coming out of Mesquite Poteet High School, uh, classic te- Texas name right there, Mesquite Poteet, uh, used to be 4A, I think they're 5A now uh, in, in, in the UIL, uh, just Looks like a blue chip quarterback, just your absolute prototypical stand up strong deliver Had an excellent touchdown interception ratio of 24 to four last year uh, through for almost 2000 yards, but closed the season off with his best game ever. 311 yards and six total touchdowns. Uh, I believe that was against Lyon. So had a really solid game to close it out. Um, so that I, I think they might be ready this year to make that leap. They've been building that program up. They've got their quarterback that they really like. They're bringing back a lot of young guys because they built this team straight from the ground up. You know, nothing but freshmen in that first camp, I feel like, uh, building this team up. And so I, the, the Rams might be ready to make that leap because uh, they, they were in that top tier standings-wise last year and that top muddled top three or four. And 
if they can if they can get past Ottawa, Arizona, Arizona Christian, uh, it's, it's going to be tough at the top. But this really might be the year that they come out on top. And you probably don't have to be undefeated to win this conference. No, I don't. The I conference think winners so. probably going to have a loss by their name, an in-conference loss. Uh, so you don't necessarily have to be perfect. You just got to be good enough on most weeks. And the Rams will have a team that can absolutely win every Saturday this fall. I think you'll know by the beginning of October where the Rams are going to be. They start off hosting the Mexican campus of Arkansas State. <laughs> okay. I didn't know Arkansas State had a campus in Mexico. I guess they do. <laughs> I, 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 I cannot vouch. I can't say I've done my scouting on the Mexican college football scene, <laughs> but I will do some. After that first game, I will be very intrigued what that looks like. That's, I, you know, it's, you see the, the 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 red wolf that looks like he's crying, and it, it looks like Arkansas State, and then it says, Campus Queretaro. I'm going, I don't think that's where the red wolves <laughs> are. But after that, they play at Arizona Christian versus OPSU and versus Ottawa, Arizona. So by the time you get to October, you are going to have an idea of where you are as Texas Wesleyan. Are you, are you, if they can take out either of ACU or Ottawa, you're going to be in good shape. And then it's just going to be the problem of can you beat both Langston and Sagu there in October and, and kind of solidify your place up top. Yeah, but as you, as you already pointed out, if they can start out hot like that and then having both Langston and Sagu in October, then it should be, I say, as they should be gravy, unless it's, you know, uh, Louisiana Christian is going to come, uh, you know, kneecap you at the end. You but yeah, if they're two and one in the conference after those first three games, they're sitting pretty. If they're three and oh, then they're the, uh, they're the pole position leader until the end. You know, you say that and they play versus Sagu week later versus Langston, and then a week later they travel to Pineville, Louisiana at Louisiana Christian. That could be a potential trap game. <laughs> that, that, that would absolutely be far too poetic should, uh, <laughs> should, should they clear the field like Langston did last year and then be right back in the same shoes looking down the Wildcats. Uh, so that, that, it would be very interesting. But I've, I've done, we'll have our eyes on them all year long. Uh, and as you said, we'll find out fast. We won't have to wait long to see if they are what they think they are. So in that, in that section there, we're going to end out with the reigning Sooner Conference champs, Ottawa of Arizona, who had a fantastic air raid ground attack offense. Um, seems weird to, to say those together, but, you know, it goes. 6.66 yards per play offensively, but their defense was not that great. Very middle of the road in the Sooner with 5.71 yards given up, which does not give them a, a real good delta on that at .95. But they return a lot of players, but mostly on defense. Um, Actually, not as many as I, as I thought. They only return Marcellus Chester Riley on offense and Pikachu Boyd Velakis at right tackle, which is a fantastic name, nickname there. Um, you know, but 
you, you can't talk about this team and and thanks to them for the for the for the background love it there with the logo you can't talk about this team without mentioning that you're going to be losing Austin McCullough, Shamar Moreland, Brandon McLaughlin, Jermaine Trotman, and four all-conference offensive linemen. That is a hard road to hoe. Yeah, I, honestly, I was a little bit surprised when the preseason poll came out, uh, I believe it was two days ago, three days ago, in the Sooner, and they were the consensus pick uh, to win it all, uh, to win the conference again. I think they had seven first-place votes, six or seven. And knowing that McCullough got, is gone, knowing that Moreland is gone, I mean, maybe they have a better sense of who's next man up in those situations. But that is some extreme talent uh, that yeah. is that has now had to walk out the door because of these silly rules where guys graduate. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just silly uh, eligibility rules. Why, why can't we just let guys play for eight, ten years? It'd be so much easier for these recruit recruiters. Uh, but, yeah, it, there's no doubt that they are going to be high-powered. Uh, you know, every year last year, they would just say, let's race. Let's sprint. We don't, we don't care if you score 45, we're going to score 52, was, was their mentality. Uh, and in the playoffs, it finally caught up with them a little bit because I think they scored 40-something. I know in the regular season, they scored 40-plus in every game. And I think they might have scored 38 in the playoff game against Morningside, and they finally ran into somebody who could score more than them uh, in that allotted time, and uh, Morningside found their way to 60. Uh, but they're, they're still going to be high-powered. They're still going to be, you know, intense. But as I mentioned a while ago with OPSU, if you take one step back on defense, you're in trouble. If you take one step back on offense – that 52-45 win becomes a 45-38 loss. And, and I'll be very intrigued to see who steps up as the faces of that offense when really, I mean, Moreland and McCullough, when they were out there, I mean, you knew on every play, one of these two guys can score right now, uh, either using their arms or their legs. So it, it'll be, it, we'll find out, you know, when, when they put the product on the field. Uh, but that, that's why I would honestly lead more towards Texas Wesley and to finish ahead of them, just because, it's hard to count on what you don't know, and we just don't know who's going to fill those shoes. That's true. Now, you talk about the, the, the silly graduation rules. Well, they, they, are, uh, they have found themselves in the possession of a marvelously journeyman kicker who is a friend of, of the program, Shane McInerney. started his career with, I think he said, four years of, of soccer at... Uh, at Kaiser, transfers last year to Peru State, kicks for them. I want to say he kicked for Kaiser before that, too, for their football team. And now he's made his way out to the desert to have one last run with the Spirit. Man, I asked him if, if they have a retirement plan out there because um, <laughs> he's about earning it at this point. But this is, you know, you look at Ottawa. And this is really going to be the, the prove-it year for Ottawa because all of your first, like, amazing recruiting class that you have spent four years working on is now graduating. And now it becomes a game of, well, what have you been doing since then? 
you uh, th- this is going to be the prove it year for Ottawa of Arizona. If they can hold serve, then we've got a team that definitely could find their way into um, a national championship game if you can hold serve after after this. You, you know, looking at a couple years in the future, building off of it off of that. Yeah, it's it's the next recruiting class. If this recruiting class is as good as the last one, then it's the one after that that has been totally convinced over six years of a process that they're all coming in. They're all heading down to Arizona, and then you do have a true national championship contender. So, yeah, this is actually a pretty huge uh, season or two for them to determine how much they're going to punch above their weight and whether they're going to move into the next weight class. So out of this middle section, I, I do think that, that Ottawa's the most likely to, to fall back, but I, I, I do agree with you that I could see Texas Wesleyan kind of swapping with them in terms of taking that next step forward and maybe getting into that, that top, uh, top three in the Sooner. It's really weird to say that despite Ottawa winning the yeah. division, but now we go to their rivals in the desert, Arizona Christian, who was first in the Sooner offensively, 7.15 yards per play. That is obscene. And fourth defensively with 5.36 with, you know, 7.15 offensive yards per play. You don't have to have a great defense. Uh, that, that leaves them with a 1.79 net yards per play. And they don't return much off that offense in terms of all-conference selections. That's, that's going to be tough. You lose a 1,000-yard receiver in John Cole, a 600-yard running back in, in Aiden Quinn, who also was good for a kick return touchdown. And you lose three all-conference offensive linemen you do return your quarterback, but man, there's a lot of rebuilding to occur over there. Yeah, this the Firestorm were the team that burst onto the scene in the Sooner. Uh, they, they when they joined a couple years back, I think they ended up winning their first 18 or 19 conference games or something. It was absurd like that. So they just came in and started bullying immediately, uh, and and the conference finally caught up with them enough uh, that they've reeled them back in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, another another time to kind of rebuild. Uh, obviously, bringing back a quarterback is always a a crucial thing to continued success. To you know, to stay in that top three. I don't know what it is about these two Arizona squads that both just want to gain seven yards a play. I, I we talked about the heat earlier. Maybe that's what it is. That like guys, it's hot. Whether we score or give up points, just make something happen fast. Get back to the pe- bench where there's Gatorade and fans. So I don't know if that's the whole game plan in Arizona. Uh, but again, another another just high-octane offense. Uh, you, you have to honestly make a play on defense to stop them. you got to force some turnovers to slow them down because otherwise they, they will talk about seven yards per play average. That means you're never punting. If, if you right. ever let them get a roll, you're never, they're never going to punt. And oh, <laughs> what could be the thin air over there? Who knows? <laughs> they they do have a killer opening schedule as well. Um, even into the first game of October, they play uh, at home against Texas Wesleyan. 
They travel to Division II Fort Lewis College in Durango, Colorado. They play at Louisiana Christian, at Sagu, and then they host Ottawa, Arizona. That's a, that's another tough road to hoe for ACU. And just like we talked about Texas Wesleyan, if you can step through that and come out really nicely on the other side, then you know, you're you're now the odds on favorite. Yeah, it it really is I mean, you know we can kind of say the same thing over and over again with all these teams, but it's just because there are these three or four, almost mm-hmm. five teams at the top that I I honestly I'd said I doubt the winner's gonna be undefeated. It's possible the winner will have two losses. I mean, there's just so much, which would be very sooner I thought a conference like to cannibalize itself. <laughs> and not have a top 25 finisher uh, who actually wins the conference. Um, but it, it's, it's definitely, I mean, there's just no easy way through. There's no, which is a credit to the conference, uh, which Arizona Christian found it pretty easy a few years ago to now look at these same teams, a, a SAGU, uh, even a, you know, a, you know, a team like Texas Wesleyan and go, Oh, th- these were a lot easier three years ago. So th- man, that is, that's going to be, that's going to be a toughie. And, and, we, and we talk about the, the toughies. And then we make our way over to Sagu. And now you're breaking in a new head coach. Tell me, where'd your last one go? I can't remember. Who knows? Who knows? Well... You replace him with a Pro Bowler, which is generally a, a pretty good idea. Greg Ellis, Pro Bowler for the Cowboys. And he takes over a team with seven yards per play offensively a year ago. Third in the conference defensive yards per play, 5.23, which gives them a net yards per play of 1.84. And you're returning some really nice pieces for whoever goes under center, whether it be Keaton Dudick, who my man had 1,500 rushing yards and 493 receiving yards, 27 total touchdowns. Zachariah Johnson is coming back, 709 yards and three touchdowns. The, 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 big, the big loss for you, if you're, if you're Sagu, is now going to be a coach for you in Jordan Barlow, who almost threw for 3,000 yards and rush for almost 500 more. Talk to me. Talk to me about your Lions. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating season. I mean, bringing in Greg Ellis, you know, Cowboys Pro Bowl defensive lineman, uh, brings a lot of excitement. Uh, Jordan Barlow uh, played in not NFL, the European Football League over at, for the Leipzig Kings over the summer. Had a great summer over there before he unfortunately got hurt. So he's come back as a coach now. I don't know what to think about this team, and neither does the conference. Uh, they finished in the preseason poll sixth. They received votes. I'm not kidding. To finish first, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth, and ninth. That's last place. So no one knows what to think about them because it all comes down to who's under center. And now whoever's under center is going to have a huge break because they'll have – possibly the best pure athlete around in Keaton Dudek. That guy's a freak. Guy's an absolute athletic freak. 
He's one of those guys, just throw him a blind screen four yards behind the line of scrimmage. 87 yards later, he's in the end zone. You don't know what happened. Uh, so they'll have that advantage. Uh, but whoever's under center will, you know, the name I'm kind of hearing you get, uh, is Briley Green is one of the main contenders there. So keep your eyes on him. If, uh, if he can even, or if any of these guys can even just be solid, this will be a, a, a very competitive team. If they can be as good as Jordan Barlow or even a slightly better, which would be a big ass, then they're probably going to win the conference. If, like what we saw back in 2019, you just don't have a quarterback at all, you still can't win. Even with all those amazing pieces, you still can't win. Uh, it is weird because Sagu has, in that same preseason poll where they finished sixth, Keaton Dudek is your preseason offensive player of the year. Uh, who was it? I'm trying to remember which one of our defensive guys. Oh, it was Drake Rodriguez is the defensive player of the year preseason. And Kieran Woodley is the special teams player of the year in the conference. So you have all three phases of the game with players of the year, but you're picked to finish sixth. It just shows how much that quarterback situation is going to affect things. One more note on Sagu. Obviously, they did. They won the NCCAA Victory Bowl last year. That's the National Christian Colleges Athletic Association. Those three losses that kept them out of the playoff competition uh, in the second half of all three of those games, they trailed by 21, 21, and 24 points. In all three of those games, they rallied to be down a single score with the ball in the fourth quarter. So had they not had a couple of disastrous first halves last year, they would have uh, they would have potentially been, you know, nine and one when it came down to it. So I think that some of that's going to be up for Co- Coach Ellis, clean things up in the first half, keep things out there. But yeah, a, a lot of role players returning. Keandre Belcher, you know, a lot of great role players returning. Uh, it's just going to be who's slinging that rock. Uh, and, and, you know, everywhere on the stage from, you know, total disaster to all pro will be t- determined where this team goes. If he's at least a bus driver, they're going to be competitive every week. Right. I mean, you can have a guy who's a game manager over here. You've got Keaton Dudick. You, you don't lose a ton of offensive line guys. And you have a defense who brings back just literally about a half dozen all-conference selections. Uh, there's a lot of margin for error for whoever is going to be taking snaps. And... I really think that that's going to be – man, if they're, I can't see them being picked sixth. Reading through these squads, I can't see them being picked sixth. I wouldn't I, – I couldn't put them sixth. Yeah. I, I would like to find out if there's ever been a other preseason poll ever in which a team has received a first-place vote and a last-place vote. That's – that that when I saw the actual – when I saw the poll, I went, okay. And then I looked at the breakdown, and I went – I'm going to click refresh a few times and see if this changes, because this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Now, you said Kieran Woodley. He was 11-15 with a 52-yard long. That is a really nice, that's a nice weapon to have. So, moving to our last one is Langston. And, man, they are, they are the, they're the elephant in the room. And, and have been for so long in the Sooner. Their offense was middle of the pack last year, 6.29 yards per play, which, to be fair, 
doesn't suck if you run it out nationally. Uh, but the sooner uh, that offensive that that offensive uh, yards per play is is you know a little dime a dozen there. But they were first defensively with 4.33 yards per play, and it, and it wasn't particularly close with the second-place team. That gives them a net yards per play of almost two. And I look at them and what they did last year, and, and I think the, the word I used with you was underperform. You, you open up with OPSU last year, and you only win by three. You're up and down. You beat Arkansas Baptist 85-6. to You only win over Uaz by three points, 44-41. to You go and you lose to LCU. You, and then you take Arizona Christian to overtime. I just... I, I think inconsistent is another word that you could use on this team. That's some supremely talented yeah and all year long we had kind of played this wait and see game because they were winning they were winning but they were beating the teams we knew they were supposed to beat Mm -hmm. and then when they beat the spirit when they beat ottawa we went they're back it -hmm. was like that Mm -hmm. scene from a harry potter when you realize voldemort had returned it's like they're back Uh uh-oh 2020 was a one-year break langston's back it's all over for us again because langston was the they ran the csfl without a problem. They ran the sooner in the early years. They've just been a powerhouse football program dating back decades up there in Oklahoma. And then the upset loss to the Wildcats and the wheels came off. They lose to the Firestorm. They lose to Sagu. They closed the season with three straight losses well out of the conversation. Had they even had they won either of those two games, they might have still had the barest of case to be an at-large bid to the playoffs. And all of a sudden, they lose all three, and it's all over. Uh, and they they don't close any easier this year. They're yeah, closing they five this year at Texas Wesleyan, at home against Ottawa, Arizona, the mat, the rematch against Louisiana Christian, at Arizona Christian, and at Sagu to close the season. So they could very easily be 5-0 and again, and we just won't know anything about them until they get through that juggernaut, uh, that juggernaut period. I will say it was good to see them rebound mm-hmm. after the, you know, I, I feel like the asterisks we have to put on any 2020 slash spring 21 ball is about as big as the asterisks on every MLB record ever. Um, you know, World Series, home run records, all, all of them, just one big asterisk. Uh, but I, I feel like that it was good to see that they, that was a hiccup. They got those, they got some mojo back, but there definitely was a little bit of, I want to say, there, there was a lot of doubters out there, and it felt like they had proved them wrong, and then all the doubters were proven right over a three-week period. Uh, so they'll get their chance again. Uh, you know, they, we're, returning players doesn't even matter for them. They've got such a great recruiting program, got a, a, such a great uh, just, you know, booster program over there that just keeps the talent coming in. People want to go play for Langston when they're in that area. And so they, they, they will keep supplying great athletes, great football players. Uh, the question is, can they just finish a full 10-game season this time around? That is going to be the question. I mean, you, you don't turn, return any all-conference skill players offensively. Um, the only offensive 
skill or the only offensive all-conference selection you return is Kentray Lackey. Um, you, you'll lose a thousand-yard rusher in Jacari Jackson, and yes, running backs are a little bit of a dime a dozen, but a thousand-yard rusher is, is a little bit more rare. But like you said, they just they just reload. But can they finish the season? It, they'll get up high in the polls. I I, f- I feel like they will. That name recognition is going to be there for for Langston. They'll get up high in the polls, and then that's it's going to be, you know, one of those. If you don't put up what you think you're going to put up, then it's de- you know you might get smack talked a little bit with with the end of the season if if you're not watching who it is. Whew. That is a. Good. It's tough when it's tough when you've been the king for this long. Uh, when you've been the king for this long, you have a lot of enemies, <laughs> and they will absolutely let you hear about it uh, when when the tables get turned, and and that can be a motivating factor. I I know it stung them big time after they beat the spirit to be like, see, we told you we're back, and then to get turned right back around and. I, that there can definitely be some chip on the shoulder uh, from from you know get, get getting some of that put back in their face as the season went along you know losing home games at the end of the year losing losing your final senior day home game to Sagu uh, yeah, that 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 had to sting and so maybe maybe that chip helps a little bit uh, either way the last either of the last five teams we just mentioned you could make the case for them winning the conference and I would not argue with you. I would say, yeah, I see your case. All right, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Then we we always do at the at the end we do a a our pick at this point to win, and then uh, we we pick a dark horse. Now that dark horse doesn't have to be you know someone we expect to win, but uh, can be a team that we expect to make a large leap forward over over the next season, and uh, you know especially if it's a a lower mid-tier team really put the fear of God into a whole bunch of people. So who's? I'll 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 let you I'll let you go first since you're the you're the guest. Who are you taking for your for your conference champ? Well, if anybody happened to watch our Saga Sports Network broadcast last year, I finished so dead last in our picks. It wasn't <laughs> even funny. But that's usually because I can't help it. I got to pick one upset a week. It's not fun to not pick an upset. Uh, with that being said. I mean, I'm, I'm picking the Rams. I'm picking Texas Wesleyan to win the conference. I, I love their quarterback. Uh, as I've said forever, that's just a athletic program that wants to win. They're the ping pong national champions of, of America. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. They won the ping pong national championship. They have to win at everything. Ping pong? Really? Yeah. No, they, they are legitimately the ping pong national champions. Uh, they, they, have, they have to win at everything. Uh, they the Texas Wesleyan Rams have to win at everything. It's just a great program. Again, I love their quarterback. I love what they're bringing back this year, and I think they finally break through. As for the dark horse pick, I think we already kind of covered them. Uh, Louisiana Christian, uh, if they can just iron out the inconsistencies, uh, they could ruin, instead of one team season, they could ruin multiple team seasons, and they could be right there in that top three or four bubble, you know, that very edge. Uh, so that that's my dark horse pick to, you know, it doesn't feel like a dark horse to us because we, we right. watch these things. We keep an eye on them. But people who are just checking the standings and go, wait a minute, 
who yeah. the heck is this? Why, yeah. why are they ahead of Arizona Christian in the standings? Uh, I could see Louisiana Christian being that team this year. I'm going to agree on that dark horse pick. I mean, uh, it's just like you look at uh, St. Francis of Illinois is, is the perfect analog here where I, I've been watching them for two or three years, and you go, all right, what you doing over there? You're, you're, uh, you're being a little feisty. And then they, and then they last season you, you break out. Not saying that that LCU's gonna do it this year, but within the next couple of years, I could see them really being a problem in in the Sooner for a whole lot of people. I agree with that dark horse pick. Um, you know, I was gonna let you be the homer on that and and take Sagu. Um, just flipping back through the stats and who's coming back. I can't, I can't see a good route for, for Ottawa. You just lose too many really elite pieces. The same thing goes for Arizona Christian. You lose a lot of elite pieces. You lose a lot of offensive linemen. And, and that's not a, it's not a great means for success. Um, this is Langston's show-me season. After, after having a down 2020 where they were really young, and so I think process of elimination, I could definitely see Texas Wesleyan doing it. Texas Wesleyan has, has the pedigree to do it. I could see, I could see Sagu taking a, a big step forward. Their calling card over the last few seasons has been defense. I could see that really being the case under Greg Ellis and, and having that point of pride of having a defensive head coach. And then as long as you can keep it between the ditches with Two all-conference wide receivers coming back, and an all-conference running back coming back, and a whole host of all-conference defensive pieces coming back. It's you just got to be Greg McElroy here. You don't have to be special. Just don't screw up. <laughs> I think I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Sagu to 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 win the sooner, and uh, that that'll win me points from with the. With the guys at Sagu Sportsnet, but I, I really, I, it, it, it's it's going to be them or Texas Wesleyan. It, it, it's one of those two, and uh, I can't agree with you on both of them. <laughs> yeah, you got got to mix. It. That's always my problem. Is Adam picks first at these when we do these uh, pregame things, and I go, well, I gotta I gotta pick at least one that's different to, to shake things up. But you know, we do our best not to be just a bunch of homers over at the Sagu Sportsnet. So. If your team is on the schedule and they're coming to Waxahachie this year, feel free to tune in. Don't worry, we're we're not we're not those guys. We're not a I'm not I'm not going to name any names like Texas A and M or something. <laughs> uh, we're not that radio broadcast where it's like I oh, can't dear. listen to these guys for two seconds talk about uh, this anybody but their team. So uh, so yeah, we, we we try to keep it fair and balanced over at the Sagu Sports. They do y'all do a great job. You bring in. Uh, you know, good. I hate to say good talent because I'm. I'm. That that so, seems so self-aggrandizing. <laughs> seeing that I was on there a couple times last year, but they bring in outside outside voices. Whether it, it whether it be the guys from MidwestSports.net, Joey over there. Whether it be me. Whether it be other people to to talk about what's going on in the wider picture. They just Sagu Sportsnet does a fantastic job, and and. Um, you know, when going through 
with with Thomas and and going to be starting to call games for for Thomas football. I'm sitting here going, telling the S, the SID, going, "Hey, go watch these guys. This is the kind of quality that I want to make sure that we have on our broadcasts because they that is that is the top, that is the pinnacle at the NAI level is Sagu. So, Tim, thank you so much for coming on with me tonight. Uh, I know it, it was a it was a long one. The Sooners gotten a lot bigger, and so we got <laughs> we got to say it. Twelve unofficial teams, so it, it stretches on. But you know what? I, I could I could talk football forever. So, <laughs> and we are get we are getting there. I will I will let you turn it on. Who's who's playing in the uh, in the uh, Hall of Fame game tonight? I don't I, even know. I think it's Raiders Jaguars. So two teams I couldn't care less about, but I'll probably <sighs> yeah, watch right. an hour of it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. So, oh man, by the time this gets out to him, we'll have one more podcast and we'll be back to live shows ourselves. So we we are almost there, guys. We have made it. So for John Cooper, who's not here, for my buddy Tim from Sagu Sportsnet, I am Corey Thorpe, and we will see y'all next week. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast presented by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. Thanks also to Mommy Bay Turf and Turf Nation, as well as Leading Edge Fundraising for their support of the podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash n-a-i-a-f-b-a-l-l and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.